Oh dear. Hey guys, and welcome to Coffee Encoding, the app developer podcast. I'm your host, Rob J, and in this episode, I'm going to share with you three tips that I use to boost my own personal app installs from zero downloads to over 100,000. Now on to the show. So before we get into today's episode, just a quick bit of housekeeping. So huge shout out to Noah Labhart, who donated five coffees last week. Thank you very much. If you aren't familiar, Noah is the host of the Code Story podcast, so I highly recommend you go and check that out. Um, I also interviewed Noah on episode 10 of this podcast, I believe. So I'd highly recommend you also go and check out that episode, and I'll put links to both of those shows in the show notes. Aside from that, just one other thing. If you've been listening for a while and you like the show and you find it useful, I'd really appreciate it if you shared it with one other developer you know or one other friend who you think would find it interesting. I'd be super grateful. So now, on to the show. I guess the backstory to this episode is this is a talk that, or I should say this is a portion of a talk that I used to give prior to COVID. I did it at the Telegraph newspaper. I did it for Mobile London. You can find the talk on YouTube in its entirety. So if you would like to go and see that with the slides and all that good stuff, then there'll be a link for that in the show notes. But so a little bit of backstory before we get into my three tips. So I released my first apps in 2011. I think I released my first app in 2011. And then between 2011 and 2012, I released four apps and they all did like, okay. I think the first one that I released, it took about an entire year to get 5,000 downloads. But one thing that all of those apps did have in common is that they all did get varying degrees of press. So that really helped to drive people to the apps and the apps that did better than the other ones obviously got more press. And through doing that, I, I learned a few things. And these are the things I'm going to share with you here. Um, so the fifth app that I released, which was in 2012, it did 100,000 downloads in its first two weeks. And that was without any paid advertising. That was without basically anything other than the things that I'm going to talk to you about now. And since then, I've released other apps, apps that I build for fun. I build them for myself. I release them. And, you know, one of them did 20,000 downloads in its first week and another one did 7,000 or 7,500 downloads in its first week. And I've got an app on the Play Store right now, which I think is done... 200 and something thousand downloads and it still has 17,000 active users. So these tips I'm going to share with you are things that I've learned through the process of doing that and what I found works and what I found doesn't work. And so I'm going to share that with you because I know a lot of people have personal apps that they release and they do zero downloads. And it's not because the app is not good or because the app is not useful, but generally a lot of the time it's because they don't know how to get the word out or they don't know the things that they need to be doing to ensure that new users come and find the app. So these are my top three tips. So the first one is tell your audience. So one of the things, like I just mentioned, that people don't do is they put an app out on the Play Store and, you know, you might have a few followers on Twitter and you tweet it and that kind of thing, but that's basically it. So their expectation is I put this app on the Play Store, people are going to find it, they're going to install it, they're going to think it's great, they're going to tell someone else, they're going to install it. And that is not what happens. Like the, the idea of build it, and they will come was a really nice startup mentality back in the day. But I feel like that's not really appropriate anymore. Like you build it, but if you don't tell people where it is, they're not going to come. So you have to tell people. So how do you find your audience? So assuming by this point, you've done the things right. And you, if you've, if you've built it as a hobby app, then it's fine. If you build it as something that you actually want to make money from, or as a business or as a company, 
then hopefully you've done your due diligence and you know who your audience is. So if you know who they are, you just have to go out and find them. So let's assume you are your audience, right? So you've built an app for yourself because it's something that you wanted that didn't exist. So then you just have to look, all right, so where where am I like engaging with other people that might be interested in a similar vein? So maybe you have a Reddit account and maybe you've built an app around, I don't know, cryptocurrency and you're in some cryptocurrency subreddit. So you can go on there and be like, hey guys, I, I built this app. Let me know what you think. Or maybe you're in some Facebook groups or maybe, you know, you're in a bunch of slacks related to whatever it is that your app does. And so you can go on there and say like, hey, I released this thing. What do you think? Or you could go on LinkedIn or you can go on forums, like all the places that you would find your audience. And if you are not your target audience, then you just need to know where your target audience is and engage with them and let them know that this thing is out there so they can go and try it. and You can get feedback from real users. And then aside from that, another way to tell your audience, and this is my preferred method, is you want to get press coverage. Because let's say, you know, I release apps for Android and I release Android specific apps that perform some sort of like background function usually, right? So I know that people read that read these online Android publications will probably be my target audience. So the way that you get press from these websites, and this works for all kinds of websites, right? Like I've had my apps covered by Lifehacker. I've had them covered by BBC News Online. I've co- I've heard them covered by The Guardian newspaper, Android Police, loads of places. And all of them was because I reached out. And the way that I did that is most websites have an email address that is tips at whatever the website is, tips at lifehacker.com, right? That's how they find out about stuff. And then you send in your tip and you say, hey, I built this app. It does this. It does this. This is why it's great. Maybe it's something your readers will be interested in. And then it's up to them if they want to install it and give it a go. And obviously make sure you give them the link to install it and all that kind of stuff. If you do that and you don't have any joy, then another thing you can do is you can contact individual journalists. So for example, if I want to get my app featured on Lifehacker, I can email tips at lifehacker.com and maybe it will get picked up by an editor who thinks it's interesting, but maybe that editor doesn't think it's interesting. So they don't give it to anyone else to go and write about. In which case, what I'll do is I'll go on Lifehacker I'll I'll find articles where somebody's written about a similar thing as to what my app is. So either, you know, minor Android specific kind of utility apps. I'll find someone who's written about these niche Android apps and I'll send them an email personally. So find out what their email address is and be like, hey, are you interested in this? And then that way I can get directly to a journalist who has written about something similar before if I can't get through to the website in general via the tips form. So that's one way to do it. Other ones have contact us forms so you can do that. The other things to look at is podcasts about apps. So there's tons of podcasts about apps and they would like to review new stuff, especially if they think it's cool. So that's a good way to get your word out. Also podcasts in your niche. So like I said, if you've built an app that's to do with cryptocurrency, you could email podcast hosts of cryptocurrency podcasts and be like, hey, I built this app. You know, what do you think? And maybe they'll um, tweet it out or maybe they'll talk about it on their Instagram or their YouTube or their podcast. You never know. And then the final thing, which I've also had quite some success with is YouTube app reviewers. So so I don't go on YouTube and watch people review apps or look at like what's the top five apps that came out this week, but loads and loads of people do. So there's loads and loads of eyeballs there and they're always looking for new content. So if you send them a message directly and say, hey, I've just released this app. It does this, it does this. I think it's something that your, um, you know, viewers will be interested in. They might also want to talk about it and then you get more coverage there. So those are all the ways that I've used before with success to get the word out in front of your target audience. My second point, So once you have people using your app, the next thing that you want to do is you want to avoid negative reviews. So negative reviews are literally the kiss of death for apps. And the reason why I say that is think about this, right? How many times have you gone on the app store and you're searching for an app that does a particular thing? So you type in whatever it is you're searching for 
and you know, a hundred apps come up. How many times have you picked the app that's got one star or two star or even three stars and installed that over an app which has four or five stars? And I would imagine the answer to that question is zero. The only time you install an app that has less than four stars is if you know what the app is. So for example, if the Facebook app has 3.2 stars or 2.3 stars, you're still going to install it because it's the Facebook app and you want Facebook on your phone. But aside from that, if it's some independent developer's app that's got 100 downloads and it's got two star reviews, you are never going to install the app, which means nobody else is probably going to ever install the app, which means they have no chance of getting those, of improving those reviews, in which case your app is essentially dead. So how do you avoid negative reviews? So the easiest way, and this is something that I don't see people do, which I think is crazy, is the easiest way to avoid negative reviews is to give people inside your app as many avenues as possible to give you feedback without going to the Play Store and leaving a review. Most negative reviews get left because the person leaving that review had no other way to get in touch with you. So the only way that they could give you their feedback was via leaving you a negative review. And a lot of the times the negative reviews aren't like this app sucks. They're like, this app, I want it to do this, I want it to do this. Sometimes they ask questions like, how do I get it to do this? Because there's no other avenue for them to give you feedback, so they left it in a review. So what you want to do is give them as many avenues to give you feedback as possible. And what that looks like is everywhere in your app, you want to have buttons that say, contact us, do you need help? Log a feature request, report a bug, have a button somewhere that says, it's not working. All the things that users are going to want to click, and as soon as they click that, it will open up the email app, So they can send you an email directly to report that issue without going to the Play Store and leaving you a negative review. And if you want to see this in practice, if you look at my app, read it to me, I have a button. So when you open the app, it's like a homepage. It's got like five buttons and the last button just says more. And when you click on more, it has things like, you know, leave a review, log a bug request, uh, log a bug report, log a feature request. Do you need help? Contact us, all these things and all of them, all of those types of buttons, they go to the exact same thing, which is they open up the email app with my email address pre-populated and it just changes the title of that email to whatever it is the button they click. So feature request or bug report. And then they can leave me their feedback without having to go to the Play Store and leave negative reviews. And then my final thing on that is also if you do get negative reviews, reply to your negative reviews. So if somebody says this app sucks, you can reply to that review and be like, you know, hey, I'm sorry you find the app sucks. Why do you think it sucks? Why don't you email me at and I'll see if I can help you. And if you do this for all your negative reviews, then one, people that are looking at it are going to be like, well, this person, at least they tried. It's not just a negative review with no response. And two, if that person genuinely left that review because they want help because they couldn't figure out how to get in contact with you, now they know how to get in contact with you. And in my experience doing that, then getting that person to email you, resolve their issue, changes that negative review to a four or five star review, which leads me nicely onto my final point, which is which is once you've told your audience and you've got people using your app and you've avoided negative reviews, then you want to get positive reviews. And again, this is something that I don't see a lot of people doing, which I also think is crazy, including not just like indie developers, but big startups that I've worked for who also don't do this. And when I've suggested them to do this, they've said no, which is if you want to get positive reviews, you have to ask for positive reviews. Like how many apps do you have on your phone right now that you use every day and that you are super happy with and that you've also left a five-star review on the App Store or the Play Store? And I would imagine compared to the amount of apps that you have on your phone that you are happy with, there's probably a very small amount that you've actually left a positive review for. And that's not because you don't like the app or you don't find it useful. That's just because you haven't thought about doing that. And I would imagine because they haven't asked. 
So how do you ask is super easy, right? So so when you ask for reviews, you use in-app pop-ups, assuming that your app is something that's user-facing and it's not like mine where it's a background app. So I do use pop-ups, but I also use notifications because the app is constantly running in the background and the only time the user has to go into the UI is to change a setting. So if I relied purely on pop-ups, they would hardly ever see the pop-up that says, would you like to leave a review? So I use I also use notifications, but for the most part, you're going to want a pop-up in the app and you want to have it strategically timed to show. So don't have it so that as soon as the user installs the app and opens the app, it shows them a thing saying, would you like to leave a review or do you like this app? Because they don't know they've just installed it. Don't do it after they've opened the app for 10 times because they might have opened the app 10 times a day and they still don't know or they're still having issues. And there's no point giving them all these avenues to provide feedback. And then as soon as they've provided their negative feedback, you then ask them, do they want to leave a review? Because they might say yes and leave a bad one. So what you want to do is you want to time it strategically. So let's say you have an app where it's a game. So you could say, right, after a user has spent at least a week and at least, I don't know, an hour in total playing this game, we'll show the pop-up that says, do you like this game? Or if you have a social media app, then you could say, all right, well, after this user's been using this app for two weeks consistently and they've liked five posts and they've posted 10 different things, then show them this pop-up. So strategically placed that you know when it shows up that user is interacting with your app and assume that that user is enjoying your app and that's why they're interacting with it because if they didn't they would have uninstalled it or just stopped using it by now and then when you do show the pop-up you don't want to ask would you like to leave a review because if they are having a bad experience with the app they could say yes and they can leave you a bad review so you want to ask and you'll see most apps doing this that do ask do you like this app or some variation of that phrase and there'll be a yes or a no button and they can say yes or no. If they say yes, you show them another pop-up. Would you like to leave a review? And when they press yes, you take them to the app store or the play store to leave a review or you show them the in-app review box so they can leave a review straight in your app. And if they press no, then you can just do nothing, right? And then you can remember that and you can decide whether you're going to ask them again in the future or just not ask them again as part of your app logic. When you show the pop-up that says, do you like this app? If they say no, then you then want to show them another pop-up that says, you know, I'm sorry to hear that. Would you like to send us some feedback or some variation of that phrase? Again, with a button that says no, in which case nothing happens or yes, in which case it opens the email app with your email address pre-populated and they can send you a message and say, this is what their issue is. And that way you get to control that feedback loop as much as possible in terms of avoiding negative reviews and making sure you get positive reviews. And then the final point about getting positive reviews is once you have people emailing you saying, you know, this doesn't work or I'd really like it to do this or whatever it has, like whatever that may be, once you've solved their problem and they get back to you and they're like, hey, Rob, that was great. Thanks a lot. You then send them a follow-up email that says, you know, I'm glad that I I solved your issue. If you like the app, I'd really appreciate it if you go and leave me a five-star review on the App Store. And they'll go and leave you a five-star review on the App Store, especially if you put the link in the email so they can literally just tap it. It takes them to the right place and they can leave your review and they will do it. And that's probably the most successful way that I've got reviews is through people contacting me because there's either some sort of issue or there's something extra they want from the app. And once you address whatever it is they contacted you about and you ask them for a positive review, they will give you a positive review because you have made that personal connection and they have had a positive experience. So those are the three things I recommend you doing. Make sure you tell your audience, make sure you avoid negative reviews as best as you can and make sure that you ask for positive reviews because there's not really any other way that you're going to get them. And so those are my three tips to boost your app installs. So those are my three tips on how I took one of my apps from zero to 100,000 downloads in two weeks. 
Finally, if you like the show, you can subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and don't forget to leave us a rating or a review. You can do that either via Apple Podcasts or via podchaser.com. The link is in the show notes. If you'd like to support the show, you can do so with a coffee donation at coffeeencodingpod.com slash donate. Caffeine is literally what fuels this podcast. If you'd like to connect with me, you can do so on Twitter at lowcarbrob. And if you'd like to connect with like-minded developers and other listeners, you can do so in our Slack community at coffeeencodingpod.com slash Slack. Thank you for listening and I'll catch you on the next episode of the Coffee Encoding Podcast.